0: Well, here is our Christmas message. Sweet little holy child. Sweet little holy child. Everybody wants a hero. Everybody wants a Superman in their life. A man of steel. (laughs) And all the ladies said... (laughs) Yeah, we, we all want somebody who can save the day. Uh, who, Someone who, uh, I mean, for, who, who doesn't want to believe that somewhere near there is one person who could come and save us from every peril. We are desperate people in desperate times looking for a solution To our problems. We want to be rescued. And we're looking for a man of steel. Well, in our search, God heard our cry and pitied our every groan. God knew that we needed a rescuer, a redeemer. So he sent us. Jesus now Jesus is not a man of steel and in fact instead he's a man of sorrows yeah yeah Isaiah 53 says that he is despised and rejected of men this is the this is seemingly the opposite of what a hero would be and the opposite of what the majority of us want a man of sorrows acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him. And we didn't even want to look at him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. He he, he, uh, he, 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 he was like what's that car that, that drive by and, and, and they say we, we don't want no 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 whatever that is. He is he, 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 driving in his boy, his friend's car. I'll think of it in a minute. Anyway, we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. With his stripes, we are healed. So so he actually does end up being a hero. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that what I was trying to think of earlier was a scrub. (laughs) Talking about a scrub can't do nothing for me. He driving in his friend's car in the passenger seat. That's the way we're treating Jesus. And yet he was oppressed and he was afflicted. And he opened not his mouth. He brought us as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, he didn't open his mouth. Old folks say, he never said a mumbling word. My, my, my. Jesus bore our sin. And he bore our guilt. Oh, that sweet little holy child. And we didn't even know who he was. He bore our sorrow. He bore our grief. He took our place where we should have been. Somehow, somehow, come on, folks. We've got to balance this. We've got to balance him being acquainted with our grief. We've got to balance the fact that and recognize the fact and acknowledge the fact that he is our savior this sweet little holy child. No, no, no. It's not enough to put bulbs on the tree and Santa Claus and snowmen and and, 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 and and come on, come on, come on. We're not doing that today. Huh? One old preacher said, in life, some things are better felt than tellt. What you saying, preacher? Well, it's bad grammar, but we get his meaning. In other words, you have to be there. You have to experience it. You have to be at the football stadium looking at the people doing the Super Bowl. You can't just hear about it from somebody else. When you're there, something comes over you, seeing that beautiful decorated field, seeing all those people. There's something in the air. huh? And to just hear about it is one thing, but to experience it is something all Together, different. And if you meet Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. It's better felt than told. I don't want to hear about your experiences. I don't want to know about your testimony. I want a testimony of my own. Huh? Where he picked me up out of the muck and the mire. Where he established my going. Huh? I want to acknowledge that he bore my sorrow and my grief. Jesus didn't come into this world to be our hero. He wasn't looking for fame and glory like a whole lot of these preachers, bishops, whatever they call themselves. My God, he didn't come to merely observe our condition in this broken world. No, he came that we might have life and have it more abundant. Where did he come from, preacher? He came all the way from heaven down to save a wretch like me. The old preacher said, I looked at my hands and my hands looked new. I looked at my feet. There's that experience. Huh? Huh? Better felt than felt. Looked at my hands and they did too. I started to walk and had a new walk. Come on now. Huh? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. John said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the father except through him, that sweet little holy child. Some of us, we're so used to being rejected. We're so used to being thrown away. We're so used to misery. And Jesus came to relieve us from that. No, no, no. Those are bad experiences. Rejection is a bad thing. But Jesus wants to change that. Some of our rejection is divorce. Divorce yeah that's a rejection you, you you ain't wanted here no more you you can go now huh you you you've been fired from this marriage my lord some of us uh uh are are, are, are are we experience rejection from getting terminated from a job huh that's a bad feeling you you don't work here no more you you you're done wow I don't know what you did maybe you didn't do nothing. Uh, maybe they downsized. I don't know, but that's a bad feeling. And some of our rejection is being kicked out of a group that we love. Oh, how we love being in that group. But the group said, uh, you, you, you can't come here no more. Wow, wow. Sometimes rejection is silent. But then sometimes it shouts at us. We, we feel devalued, unwanted, and unworthy. But Jesus said, I came to tell you, I know how you feel and I'm with you and I'm going to stand by you and I'll never leave you or forsake you. My, 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 my. Or, I remember reading the scripture in Luke, the 13th chapter, right about the 31st verse. And it says that Jesus was out there preaching and Pharisees, (laughs) Pharisees, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah—the good old Pharisee, the church folk, the religious clan. My God, the evangelicals came to him and 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 they said, "You need to get out of here." And 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 why are we saying this? We trying to save your life. You ain't trying to do nothing to help nobody, but they told him if you want to live, you need to leave. Because King Herod is after you. And Jesus said, let me tell you something. You tell that fox. That's what he said right there in the word, 32nd verse. That I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm going to keep on casting out demons. And I'm going to keep on doing miracles and healing folk. I'm going to open up blinded eyes. I'm going to unstop deaf ears. Today, tomorrow, and on the third day, I will reach my destination. Wow. Yes. Today, tomorrow, the next day. uh, For it wouldn't do a prophet of God any good to be killed except in Jerusalem. And then he said, yeah, yeah, you, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. My God. The city. That murders the prophets. The city that stones those sent to help. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to uplift you. I'm trying to inspire you. I'm trying to encourage. And what do you want to do? You want to kill me. Just like today. How often I have wanted to gather your children together. Even as a hen protects her brood under her wings. But you wouldn't have it. You wouldn't let me. No, get out of here, you tell me. Just like today. And now your house is left desolate. You will never again see me until you say, welcome into this house. Welcome into this house. Until you welcome me in the name of the Lord, your life will be desolate. (laughs) Jerusalem rejected Jesus. And they did it to their own peril, to their own demise. Oh, how it grieved Jesus, because he knew what was coming. But one thing you cannot do is you can't force yourself on folk. No, 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 no. And that's why I don't understand people trying to say how God is all this pro-life and all this other. No, God is pro-choice. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God don't want us killing babies. huh? But if you make a bad choice, that's your choice. And you're going to have to deal with the consequences and the repercussions. But the choice is yours. Huh? And oh, the grief that comes on those who make bad choices. The grief that travels with death and suffering is suffocating. Huh? Oh, but our God, he was aware of all of that. And that's why he sent that sweet, little, holy child. And we didn't know who we were. That's what Mahdi Jackson said. We didn't know who we were, huh? He saw their sorrow, and he said, "You know what? I've got to sin, my only begotten son." It grieved Jesus when he went to Jerusalem because he knew the heart of the people, and you know that's one thing about death. I remember Jesus going to Lazarus' so-called funeral. He knew Lazarus was dead. They had called him and told him to come, and he delayed intentionally because he had something to do. And he knew when he got there what he was going to do. He was going to raise him up. Call him by name. If he hadn't called him by name, somebody said, oh, everybody dead would have got up. And he stood there with Jesus Jesus stood there with Lazarus' sisters and people from the town of Bethany and and and, and oh, how sorrowful they were. Oh, they were just upset and they were crying all due to death. Death does that to people. We, we just miss the one that's gone knowing we won't see him again until that great getting up morning. Some of you ain't gonna see him again at all because you're going to a different place. Yeah, 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 I had to throw that in there. He saw their sorrow because they all loved Lazarus. And the scripture said in 1135 of John that Jesus wept. He cried. Why? Why did he cry, preacher? He cried because of the impact of the enemy death had on people. Jesus knew Death came to rob and kill and destroy, huh? The word says the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. God knows death is no small matter, huh? In fact, the scripture says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Psalms one hundred sixteen fifty, 15. And then Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Huh? The Lord is close to those whose hearts are breaking. And he rescues those who are humbly sorry for their sins. That's Psalms 34, 18. Oh, the pathos of human suffering. That means pity. Ezekiel eighteen twenty-three says, Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Sayeth the Lord God, and not that he should return from his way. No, what I want is for him to turn from his wicked ways. And Ezekiel 33, 11 says, tell them. Tell them, huh? As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. My desire is that the wicked turn from his evil ways and live, mm? why do you have to die for your wickedness, old Israel and then and then listen, listen, listen to this. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus' suffering began. He's no longer a child, thirty-three years old and matthew 26 who walked with him and talked with him. He said in the 38th verse, then he told them, my soul is crushed with horror. My soul is crushed with sadness, even to the point of death. He he, he said, Peter and John, will y'all stay here and stay awake with me and pray with me? I'm going over here and pray. Will y'all stay awake? And he went up, little further and fell down on the ground and began to pray. And he said, my father, Lord, if it be possible, will you take this cup from me? Lord, this is is more difficult than I figured it would be. I know I came here as a baby born of a virgin, but I've grown up now and Lord, I'm feeling the pain. I've taken on the sins of the world. All of the adultery and fornication and homosexuality and lying and cheating and stealing. And that's just the church folk, Lord. God, help me. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm hurting over here. huh? But Lord, I want your will. I, I know why I came. I don't want my will. And then Mark 14, 32 says, and now they came to an olive grove. Yeah, yeah, this is out in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where they crushed the olives, where they mashed the olives and squeezed the olive oil out of them. And he instructed the disciples, he said, sit here while I go pray. And he took Peter, James and John with him and began to be filled. You see, each one of the disciples who wrote this, they wrote it differently from their point of view. And they said he was filled with horror and deep distress. Boy, that's what sin will do to you. Mm, 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 mm. John 12, 27 said, now my soul is deeply troubled. Shall I pray, Father, save me from what lies ahead? But then God, that's the reason why I came. John thirteen twenty one says, while he was there at the table, He had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. Truly, truly, I say unto you, that one of you right here is going to betray me. Oh, he knew it. He knew what was coming. Can you imagine how that must have felt? Good God. Oh, the height of what was coming landed fully on Jesus in Gethsemane. The place of the olive press, where they press the olives. All the pain and sorrow for our sin. All of our failures and rejections. He bore it all. Three times he prayed and said, Lord, release me, O God. This is just too difficult. My God. Oh, Lord, this hurts. And then the Holy Spirit came and strengthened him. And he said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Oh, the results of Jesus' suffering and sorrow. It produced our salvation. What a, what a blessing in disguise. Huh? His past experience. Improved our present and future life. He emptied himself for us. He made himself nothing for us. That's what Philippians 2, 7 says. Rather, he made himself nothing. He emptied himself by taking on our very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. A sweet, holy God didn't just give us his sympathy. No, no, no. He sent us his son, our salvation. That sweet little holy child. And we didn't even know who he was. Mahalia said, sweet little Jesus boy. They made you be born in a manger. Yeah, yeah, my God. Sweet little holy child, we didn't know who you were. Even today, it's the same old thing. Our mind is on everything but Jesus. What presents we gonna get? How much money we gonna spend? We gonna stay under $5. Good Lord, I don't wanna go there. Didn't know you came to save us, Lord to take our sins away. Our eyes were blind. We could not see. We didn't know who you were. We were thinking about turkey and ham and green beans and corn and macaroni and cheese. Oh, God, long time ago you were born. Born in a manger, Lord. Not the Holiday Inn. Huh? sweet little jesus boy the world treats you mean lord treats us mean too because we're trying to serve him but that's how things be down here you have told us how we are trying master you've shown us how even when you were dying even as he was there on the cross and one of the thieves said This man is a king. He has a kingdom. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, this day, he knew it was going to be soon. This day, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Even as he was dying, he was saved. My God. Just seems like we can't do right. Look how we treated you. Look how we treat you right now. Please. Please, sir, forgive us, Lord. We didn't know it was you. Sweet little Jesus boy, born a long time ago. Sweet little holy child, we didn't know who you were. And I want to tell you, there is no trial too great. There is no temptation too strong for Jesus. His mercy and grace is more than sufficient. No, no, there is no trial that is too great that his mercy is not greater still. Jesus gets us, yes. And we want to be able to say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and so free. That sweet little holy child, he came, he was born, and he lived, and he died. And he rose again on the third day. And he declared all power in heaven and in earth is in my hand. Lord, I have fulfilled what you called me to do. It is finished. And today we can call on him. I wish you would. It's not about old Christmas tree. Old Christmas tree. However green thy branches. It's about thank you, Lord for doing for me what I could not do for myself. And right now, we just want to praise him. We just want to worship him. Not the tree. Santa doesn't know when you're sleeping. Santa doesn't know when you've been nice. That's divine. That's God. Don't take God's credit. Father, in the name of Jesus we come right now thank you lord for your grace thank you for your mercy thank you for your kindness thank you for coming to this world to save us from ourselves oh god take us now and help us not to get so caught up in tradition that we forget the meaning of christmas it's not Xmas. we're not canceling you out This is not about snowmen and red and green, black and white. This is about what you've done for us. How you were wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, how the chastisement, of our peace was laid upon you. We accept you now. We know now who you are, God. And we pray that the world finds out soon enough, before it's too late. You heard us. Daddy says there's not much time You see She's been sick for quite a while and Know these shoes will make her smile Want her to look beautiful If mama needs Jesus tonight This is Faith Worth Finding Ministries Weekly Encouragements By Namware. God bless you And Merry Christmas.